0: Lifeway. Lifeway. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network
1: G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel center ministry every week. Yep, every week. And we're going off-piste today. Now, can I explain what I mean by that? That's when, you know, you've got tracks on the snowfields. I didn't grow up skiing, Mm. but it's a phrase. It's a term. Say it again. You go off-piste, okay, where you go off the track. Now we're doing
2: that because we've got a bonus episode. I always love going off piece. Yeah, just you don't know what's you don't know what's there. Just the listeners, we've had to. uh, This is the eighth take of this because Scott kept pronouncing it wrong. Um, (laughs) But he's finally got it. Well done. That's good.
1: Now the one thing is brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and we can actually help you speak real good. You just got to do a lot of takes as well. We're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We encourage you to check out our network page. But for now, you press play. Bonus episode of the one thing. Well, what are we going to be talking about, Scott? We're going to be talking about uh, maturing people in Christ. How do you do that? We've got Graeme Fuller from EV Church. You're the maturity, mission, and sometimes ministry pastor at EV Church uh, on the Central Coast in New South Wales.
0: Maturity and mission.
1: Maturity and mission. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the uh, podcast again. And we are thinking about this big topic of, um, of I guess, the goal. So we want to see people you, use the language of being a fully formed disciple. Describe that person? Yeah, well, if you
0: move through the New Testament, it's got many facets, mm. uh, but it is about Christ-likeness of character, it's about um, deep conviction, uh, it's about godly affections and desires, it's about being a, a servant, servant in heart, servant in uh, action, uh, it's about being you know, mission-minded and, and uh, keen for others to be saved and engaged uh, in that work. Uh, it's about loving the church uh, being engaged in the community caring for brothers and sisters um, loving those around them uh, yeah there's a there's a whole bunch of facets to it but it's that that uh, deep fully formed discipleness
1: now know? it's really it's really important to be thinking about that because I think we often just say well, we just want people to be mature um, but at, what you've dis- you know you've actually got a description there's things that you're looking for um, how do you I guess how do you measure? You know, do you me- can you measure that? You
0: know? Yeah, it, it is hard to measure, isn't it? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, and it, and but it does seem that um, the New Testament writers talk about being complete in Christ, uh, fully mature, yep. fully formed in Christ, have Christ formed in them. That, that sort of idea. So it does seem that uh, you can see someone who is growing in maturity by exhibiting more and more um, all of these features.
2: Yeah. As you come across churches, you, you work with them and, and see them. Uh, do you find that churches can clearly articulate what they mean when they say mature?
0: I think often it's it's um, people do have a picture in their mind um, because we all read the same Bible, but often we haven't clarified exactly what we'd like that to look like in practice um, and then haven't clarified how we'd shape our ministries in order to achieve some of those things to help people grow to that sort of discipleship.
1: So, so what are the key ministries in church life that actually mature? You know, is there is there, just, surely there's just one ministry. A that does silver bullet. A, a silver bullet ministry that it's going to radically mature all your people.
0: That that does seem to be a, a common thought um, that, that there's one and it often is like a one-to-one ministry or a small group ministry but um, I think everything we're doing as a church is actually uh, growing people into full discipleship. So what, what, yeah,
1: what do you mean by that, everything?
0: Uh, I mean, everything, unless we're doing things in church that are not helpful or uh, have no purpose behind them. But if we've set them up in such a way for the purpose of growing people to be mature disciples, then surely everything we're doing in church should help that. So um, examples, we, when we get people up the front in church to interview them, to hear a story about their life, to have them share um, how they've moved through suffering. to we, we want to do that in such a way which actually models the Christian life, which builds deeper convictions in people, which celebrates God's goodness mm. to them, a, a whole bunch of things. But but the purpose behind that is to actually help us all grow as disciples. Now, that hasn't taken place in a one-to-one or a small group. It, it's, it's an interview or a a video or something like that But it's, it's a profound discipleship moment
2: So, okay, can I give it uh, an example Let's push into this one Because I can see how someone could move towards maturity If, if I met up with them and read the Bible with them That's a clear line for me there um, But how is it that if I ask someone To week on week come to the church And set out chairs on Saturday for the Sunday service Talk to me about how that is maturing them
0: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Now, I want to say more about the foundational place of the word, Mm -hmm. um, but I'll just leave that for the moment. Um, But being engaged in service is a key part of what it means to be a disciple. And so um, Jesus is the one who served to the point of death. He calls us to to follow him and be uh, servants of him and his people. And so someone coming and setting out the chairs is profoundly Christ-like, actually, um, to do a task that most people don't really want to do, and uh, you get no uh, credit for you know you you get no applause for you um, just do it humbly behind the scenes. It's actually a, a discipleship moment as you're growing in uh, humility in uh, you know, doing it for the Lord for the right reasons, um, doing it week after week, um, being stickable in that ministry, um, and doing it for no other reason than you love the Lord and you love His people. That's that's uh, profound discipleship, I I think
2: so you've just laid the evening in that answer you have laid the foundation a biblical foundation upon which something so it's not the act there is important obviously the task needs to get done but you've identified a number of things one is they're not doing that merely so they feel good about it actually they are doing that for the lord there's a biblical foundation that over time i, I guess in context within the church they will learn and think the principle will be built um they'll be being in teams where that will be be being encouraged there's any number of different contexts in which that act, that task matures because the biblical foundation of the word informs what they're doing. That's exactly
0: right. And you helpfully really pick, really helpfully picked up teams. Um, because it is possible to get into a ministry for all the wrong reasons and to be doing it for all sorts of reasons. But once you're part of a team, you're in a context where you're seeing others and hopefully others rightly motivated doing the ministry, and some of that's rubbing off, but also under leadership, which hopefully is setting vision from the Bible about why we're doing these things, uh, which is then shaping and forming your heart around your acts of service. Um, So... Yeah. What,
1: one of the great prayers I think that Paul prays is, you know, he prays for the, I think the Ephesian church, you know, he wants them to grow in their knowledge and their love. Um, you know, what you've described with the chair, you know, the chair example, it sounds like it's a lot of, that's a, a lot of love, but not a lot of knowledge character. how, Like, or, or am I just, am I missing something? You know, like a lot of people would say that's not the discipleship because I'm not actually not, um, I'm not opening the Bible up with you and you're not growing in your knowledge there. Um, but I heard, um, yeah, what, yeah. what would, what would you say to that person who, yeah, well, I I think the Bible piece is absolutely
0: foundational. Yeah. I, I think it's it's the fuel of discipling all of us to yes. Christ likeness. I think it's the um, what we all need uh, constantly in in all sorts of circumstances. So I, I think. You know, we need it preached we need it in small groups we need to be reading it at home we need it talked about in team meetings mm. we need it um, people to just naturally in their conversations after church talk about the word all those things are absolutely essential um, but in that context where that's the word is flowing richly through everything um, it'd be a very shocking thing if there was no acts of love and service mm. taking mm. place um, it's just the the appropriate outflowing of
1: the Christian life. How do we have a church that is deep in the word? Yeah, I,
0: I think it starts with leadership um, being deep in the word and so individually but also as a team making sure we, we're looking at studying the word and letting that set the the agenda for our, our life together um, I think it is a helpful thing to uh, set a preaching program uh, well in advance and to tie lots of the church's ministry around that program so have the, you have your preaching as your real um, it's, it's the
2: real Vision setter, or it uh, is a vision setter. It's a it's a real it's a real hit, you know impactful thing. It's a centerpiece as well in some ways. Not that there aren't other ways, but it is the it is a culture setter. Yeah, you, it is. yeah. You can go you can go harder on the preaching,
1: you know, than you can sometimes in a small group, I guess.
0: And I think it actually shapes the culture of everything in church. Mm. It's it's the foundational culture setting piece. Church is, and then that's the key piece in church. Um, and so how we preach, how we engage with the word, how seriously we take it, how long we preach for, um, the, the style of preaching, all those things uh, will shape the way people um, listen to, hear the word, and then engage with the word themselves. And how you model will then shape the way they do it. Hmm. Um, but also having it not just uh, in the preaching and, and the red word, that's, that's actually probably the, that's the central moment. Um, the read and the preached word, but also in the way we pray, having our prayers shaped by the word, having our songs shaped by the word. Um, even the way you know, we, we run a video or an interview or s- someone who's emceeing or service leading says things is, is shaped and form by the word, which doesn't mean you need to be quoting scripture in every moment, but um, everything is saturated
1: uh, and, with and the word. And as you, all of those moments in the gathering are maturing people. You know, and and to be intentional and purposeful, to see that they all have a moment in modelling prayer, uh, in un, you know shaping and understanding how we understand God's word, uh, and then doing it together. What what about the you know sort of the conversations after church, you know the sort of informal stuff that you know you as a church leader can't really control. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up church and talk to Derek about the cricket on Sunday, not how fantastic the sermon was. How do we how do we shape those you know conversations?
0: Yeah, I, I think you can over time try to create a culture where people have um, conversations around what they've heard in in the sermon, and even in the sermon you can encourage people mm. to do that, or in in the MCing service, letting encourage people to do that. I think over time, if people are really engaged with the word, it happens naturally. Mm. Pe- people mm. want to talk about the things that they've heard and been struck by, and so again, I think feel like the preaching is essential in that. But yeah, having having the word saturate that's the fuel that that allows. Discipleship to grow.
2: Can I ask how much does the leader shape all of these things in every? Obviously, they can't be in every place at every time, um, but how much does the leader shape the culture where the foundation of the word filters down or up, however you want to picture that, into the whole of life to build maturity?
0: I think the leader is absolutely essential, um, as with all aspects of church life. But if they lead well, they build that same desire and ability into as many people as possible and perhaps even set aside one person or one group whose whole focus is getting the word deeply into the lives of as many people as possible. And so that group looks at every structure, everything that's going on in church, every program, every and make sure that the word is infused deeply in it because it's the word that saves. It's the word that grows. Uh, so we want it to be the fuel that's running through everything. Um, so then people can love and serve and have hearts that are lifted to God, which is all part of their discipleship.
1: Now I want to, I want to press into uh, small groups as, as well. We've got, we've got bonus episodes. So uh, we've got lots, we've got time. Um, I want to press into small groups and how small groups can do that as well. And I do also want to talk about ministry teams as well. So, small groups because again people people would would argue that's where all the heavy you know outside of preaching that's the other heavy lifting piece um so tell us how to how to how can you get small groups that mature you've already said one of your kind of principles or thoughts is that the small groups are doing material that you're uh doing on a Sunday as well you, you know wouldn't you do a different bible passage so you can do more bible because you want to get more bible in why would you just repeat. You, yeah. you, you could. You,
0: they're all just decisions. Yep. Um, but doing the same thing, and we actually do the same thing in personal Bible reading as well. So provide personal Bible reading materials, uh, small group materials, and then church all do the same passage right through a week, yep. which has the effect of um, saturating people in that passage. Uh, has the effect of we all are thinking about and um, living in the same passage. And so that the, the church changes as a whole or engages as a whole or thinks as a whole about yep. something, which yep. is very powerful. Um, but it also, I think models that, um, the word is very deep you can look at it three or more times in a week. And every time you come to it, there's, it's, it's richer and you, you see more and, mm-hmm. uh, you're changed and, and, um, struck more. And yeah, I think, I think that's important. Um, if, you, if your small group ministry is going to be a really key word ministry, mm. which I think is a really helpful word ministry, then I would encourage making sure that it spends a good amount of time in the word. Yep. And so if you try to make it do too many other things, you're not going to be able to engage with the word prayerfully together uh, as intentionally as you otherwise possibly so could. So
1: that, that's helpful. So what are the other things? I mean, you could do dinner together um you could do mission you know that uh, missional communities a lot of people would argue you know we want to have missional communities we want to do mission in those groups as well yep uh what's what's too much yeah ah uh, you could do training in them you could yeah there's there's
0: every everything in church life or lots of things in church life if you can't fit them into church the next place people want to fit them is into a small group um so you want to solve lots of things there and you've just got to make decisions about what you can fit in and what you can't, and every decision to put something in means something else is squeezed. And if small groups are going to be your your priority is to be engaged around the word together, uh, then I think you need to prioritise that, and some other things won't make it there. Mm-hmm. Particularly if that time around the word is not just a let's think about how we apply what we heard on the weekend. It's a no. Let's let's engage with this passage and um have that transformative moment of seeing mm. what does it actually mean wow how does that how does that impact the way we think about the world how does that impact my life and my thinking today
2: mm.
1: so what about ministry teams uh we've got a whole episode on this and we'll put that in the show notes uh as well but just a couple of you know key things with your ministry teams and how we get the happening there
0: yeah i I'd like to see the the word in and through ministry teams as well but um if, if you do have um, you know, the heavy lifting of the word going on, the preaching in the small groups, then I would do it in a, in a less um, dense or heavy way in the ministry teams. But I think it's always great to have a little bit of scripture read, to reflect on that together. And as you talk about ministry and as you make decisions, it's always bringing biblical insights and a biblical framework to bear.
1: Awesome, excellent.
2: Well, Graham, it's been good to have you on the show. What is the one thing that you want to leave with us when it comes to thinking through building people into Christ-likeness across the church? It's two things in one. It's it's the essential place of
0: the word in forming people into deep discipleship, but that everything we're doing in church life should also contribute to that purpose.
2: Excellent. Well, if you have like what you've heard, Go on to iTunes and rate us. Leave a comment. uh I think a question if you want us to cover something in a future episode. Graham, it's been great having you uh, on, uh, on The One Thing. Uh, really enjoyed
1: interacting with a whole bunch of stuff over these episodes. Uh, looking forward to having you on next time. Thanks.
2: Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Uh, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon.